welcome to the Folklore's Podcast. Welcome back. Hello. Laura. Yes. We are back again. We are back. Would you like to say the what this episode is? I would love to. So today we're going to be going through an important piece of Taylor history, and that is her various various iconic quotes and moments in interviews she's done throughout her career. Mm-hmm. And we're talking TV appearances, magazine covers, everything, red carpet moments, just any time Taylor has an opinion to share. And she shares it. And she shares And them. especially, like, I mean, things after kind of, like, the 1989 era change a bit, but, like, especially in the beginning of her career, like, she was super, like, m- media-saturated. Like, mm-hmm. she was taking every opportunity mm-hmm. to, to talk, to be on covers, to be on, yeah, like... You know, I just feel like there's, like, so... Like, she's there's done, like, so, so many interviews. No, I know. And, and she does, like, so much promotion and, like, so much press. Yeah. It's it's honestly, like, amazing to go back and look at it now, especially because, like, she does those things so sparingly now mm-hmm. that it's, like, crazy to, like, have so many things to look at and also just, like as we'll get into, just, like, some of the things she says and, like, the things that she's just so openly talking about. Just, I mean, it really is, like, a different Taylor. Yeah, there's a steep learning curve in terms of her, like, media training. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I will say that, like, as we've talked about in her, like, in, like, the business app and everything, like, she's still incredibly intentional from the very Mm -hmm. beginning, like, even in her early interviews, like, it's very clear that she has, like, a certain message that she mm-hmm. wants to share, mm-hmm. a certain theme, a certain story. Like, it's not that I feel like this is just, like, unfiltered Taylor. Agreed. Because there, there's, that doesn't exist. Like, mm-hmm. she's never done anything without, like, a filter. Mm-hmm. But she, but yeah, she's definitely just, like, much more you know, open to say certain things are, like, less controlled than obviously she becomes. Mm-hmm. Partly because of, I think, there are certain things that, as we'll talk about, that she, like, like, certain themes and stuff in her early interviews that then she wants to, like, distance herself from. Like, mm-hmm. for example, like, a lot of her early interviews are all about, like, I love to write songs about boys and, like, get back at them. Mm-hmm. And, like, and, like and here then, are their names. Here are their names. <laughs> yeah. And then when she doesn't want that to be the narrative anymore, she's like, I never talk about who my songs are about. Exactly. And, like, you know, I'm not even interested in, like, dating. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that's also very funny. I mean, I feel like it is, yeah, like, it just kind of shows – also her evolution of like fame and her level of fame because mm-hmm. when she's starting out like you can tell which like it makes sense she's trying to get attention for the music she's trying mm-hmm. to get attention for like everything mm-hmm. and then once she has like an insane amount of attention she's like I just want like my private yeah life. Right, which is a very course. celebrity thing to do like right. once you hit a certain level of fame 
as a but celebrity, she you're like, okay, now my life is private. She does it, like, I think, to a level that's more extreme than other celebrities mm. because I think that she's, and I don't even say this in, like, a critical way, but, like, in her early interviews, like, she's so desperate for it. Like, mm-hmm. she's so, like, wants, you know, yeah, like, wants this certain narrative about her and her songwriting and, like, wants this attention and wants mm-hmm. people to pay attention to it. That Then it feels like a much more radical shift, I feel like, when mm-hmm. she's like, let me be private. Because mm-hmm. I think that there's many, because of just kind of, like, who she the kind of career that she has, you know, for her to want to, like, build this narrative and then change the narrative is different than, like, an actor who is being interviewed about a film. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's all interviewed about, like, her and her writing and her whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I also think Taylor's someone who's very, like, once she, like, moves on from like I don't know like a stance or a vibe or whatever she like acts as if it's like never happened yeah she does like she's very like she's like I've never never talked about who my songs are about and And it's it's like like, you did you literally did for like years yeah like years of your life right you were like this is who it's about and we thank you for it. Yeah, no. It's but amazing. she but really yeah, does she's act like, like... And she acts, like, offended. She's like, how mm-hmm. dare you ask me? And it's like, well... Right. Like, I mean, it's what... I don't remember if we talked about this on the pod or if we just talked about this, us, but, like, we were talking about it on Ellen, like, when she goes on with, like, Zac Efron or whatever, mm-hmm. and she, like, seems annoyed that Ellen mm-hmm. keeps asking about her personal life. And, like, obviously, yeah, that's annoying, but it's, like... She's only doing that because you set the precedent where mm-hmm. you were, like, where she didn't ask about it and you were, like, so Joe Jonas. Literally, yeah. So it's, it is funny. It is funny. Like, yeah. And it's, like, I feel like I do get, like, like, I feel like I get both sides in a mm-hmm. way because I'm, like, yes, obviously she was very, like, targeted for her dating history and whatever else, but, like, she also has always acted like it just like happened out of thin air mm-hmm. and it's like this was well, your brand like, like it was her brand no, it was her brand, and she's like well this is just like what 20 somethings do and it's like okay 20 somethings are not going from like mega celebrity to mega celebrity right. like you know like to act like uh, i can't believe people are like paying attention to this Mm -hmm. like well of course they are right and also i feel like there's a level too of acting like it's never happened to any other celebrity before yeah and it's like okay but this is what happens like every big celebrity and you just happen to be like one of the biggest right and like obviously yeah she's right about like the double standard with like women and men like a thousand percent but don't act like you know like, if you look up Jake Gyllenhaal, like, you also get a slideshow of all his famous girlfriends. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's kind of part of it when you right. date other celebrities. Right. Well, I think it's funny, too. Like, another example of, like, changing the narrative is, like, in 1989 where she wants it to be all about, like, her friends and, like, being mm-hmm. single. And so she's, like, acts, like, annoyed when anyone, like, brings up the idea that she could be dating someone. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it's, like, for your promo of all your other albums, you've been talking about these relationships you've mm-hmm. been in, these boys, these situations, mm-hmm. and now you're like, 
my music is not about guys. Right. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, yeah. It's kind of It's really funny. Yeah. Well, shall we get into some of her, like, early... These early ones that we're talking about. Yes. Kick us off with her first TV interview. Okay, so her first TV interview, at least this is what the internet seems to think is her first, like, TV segment interview, is when just Tim McGraw, the single, is out, so not even the album. And she is 16, and she's, like, with this random interviewer woman who's a terrible interviewer, surprisingly has not made the name for herself as a host. <laughs> and, like, what sort of, like, TV appearance do you think this Like, is? local news. Okay, like, local news. Like, yeah. okay. you know. Like a local Nashville morning show right. vibes. Okay, yeah. Right. Um, and, yeah, she's just, like, she's she's starting off with kind of her very familiar narrative, which is, like... I came to Nashville, I knocked on doors, I was an 11-year-old, asking people to give me a record date. Like, she goes through all of that. She She has has a full-blown country accent. And this is, like, what's so funny. She's (laughs) like, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and then she literally goes in her country twang. She's like, between the coal miners and the Amish country. Like... It's so funny. Like It's crazy. Like, I love how she, because, again, like, she's definitely perpetuating, like, I grew up in, like, rural America mm-hmm. on a farm. I'm just, like, a regular a, poor girl. A regular <laughs> poor girl whose dreams came true. <laughs> and it's, like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's crazy. So, you know, that's, that's where we start. And, see, that's another example of, like, her being media trained in some way. Oh, yeah, she knows Because she's exactly. like, I'm gonna, this is, I have to, like, play this, like, all-American girl. All-American, like, right. She's not going and being like, so my dad was a stockbroker from Maryland. Right, exactly. And, like, no, yeah, she's, yeah. she's definitely, So like, she's playing the game already. Playing the game, and again, like, you could not find an interview from, like, 2006 to 2008 where she doesn't mention... Being 11, knocking on doors, mm-hmm. asking for a record deal. It's in literally every yeah. single interview because she wants to be like... She's like, I've been hustling. I've this. been hustling. Yeah. I write my own songs. Mm-hmm. This is all for me. Which, like, is... You know, it makes sense. Again, she mm-hmm. wants the attention to be on that. Like, it's interesting because in one of these interviews, too, she talks about, like, I don't want the attention to be on, like, my age as a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like, I want the attention to be on my songwriting. Mm-hmm. And obviously, she's very successful at that. Like, yes, yeah. people talk about that she's young, but, like, the focus is Taylor Swift songwriter. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the narrative that she wants out there and has been her narrative, like, this entire time. Right. Which is also what's, again, just, like, so amazing that literally from, like, day one, one song is out. And mm-hmm. she's like, this is the narrative. Mm-hmm. And, like, now every other second she wins another award for, like, songwriting yeah, and, yeah. like, you know, whatever. And, like, it's just crazy. Yeah. The legacy. And it's really interesting, too, that, like, especially in these early days, like, like obviously, yes, of course, her songwriting is, like, the noteworthy thing. But it's funny that she didn't try and be, like, you know... I should be famous for, like, my voice. Mm-hmm. Or, like... Because there never has been any of that. Mm-mm. There's never been... Like, because she very well could have been, like, I came out of the womb singing. Yeah. You know, I... 
I hit my first G sharp when I was, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. so could have been mm-hmm. it. Like obviously is her voice as good as her songwriting? Like no. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that she knew that and was mm-hmm. like, let me push that, you know? Right. No, I know. It's very interesting. Yeah. Because like she never does any interviews about, yeah, like my singing. No. And that's like what she gets it criticized for. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, it's not like she's, like, I knew I wanted to, like, I don't even know, like, be a fashion icon or, like, Mm -hmm. like, they're just, like, obviously the songwriting makes the most sense, but it's just still funny that, like, she didn't pick anything else. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I know, it is. It's very interesting. So, similarly, from the early days, we found a 2006 radio interview. Mm Mm-hmm couple of um couple of noteworthy quotes here yeah first i guess i don't remember the context of this but she says great music is not genre definable yeah easter egg for the future easter i think it's something future. about like what i saw in a lot of these early ones is a lot of people being like why country music i guess mm. because it is true that like before her like there was like leanne rhymes and stuff but there wasn't a lot of like young women in country so mm. i think a lot of interviewers and stuff were focused on like why are you in this genre mm-hmm. so there's a lot of stuff about her being like you know i like her talking about her love of country music and really mm. wanting to be a country artist and then, yeah, so I think it was kind of like a broader discussion about country of the genre. But then, yeah, she she does say that, which is, you know, just obviously noteworthy for then her future career. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like she says something like, like, she obviously talks about, like, I'm very into country music, but she's not, like, the only artist I want to be is a country artist. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's interesting. So... Because, like, from the beginning, do you think it was just that she loved country music? Or do you think it was also that, like, there wasn't as many, like, young girls, like, trying to be country artists? And so she was like, this is, like, a way, like, in. I don't think it was... It's hard to know. I think that, as she said, like, the first artist she, like, loved was Leanne Rhymes. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, her first CD and her first concert. So I obviously think that that just, like put in her mind like this is the kind of music I want to make true and I do think that country music is a lot more at least historically like lyric storytelling focused yeah more so than pop Mm -hmm. so yeah I think that's probably part of it yeah but also Leanne Rimes was famous for becoming like having her first album at 13 So I think that if Taylor's also looking at, like, this is a person who did it young, Mm -hmm. and I can do it young. Yeah. I mean, obviously she could have looked at any number of pop people that also did it Mm -hmm. young, but... But, right, her her most, like, direct influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So shall we go to the 2007... Yes, but wait, what's this? Oh, this oh, 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 I forgot. So, yeah, this is so funny, too. This is just another example of, like, what? Like, what? <laughs> where is your media training? Because, yeah, there's something about, like, if you weren't a songwriter, what would you do? And, oh, wait, before we even say that. Mm-hmm. So they 
say like who do you look up to and she says Miranda Lambert which I find very interesting because one she says like even though we're both blonde and play guitar yeah which is interesting because I was also surprised to hear that because she's never talked about Miranda Lambert before. She's never talked about Carrie Underwood. She's never. Which I, because they're like her, they were her competitors at the beginning. And this, like, 2006 interview was just, like, too early. Was too early to be like, oh, we're, because I I definitely think she was like, I'm not going to mention them because we're, like, competitors. That's fascinating. In the same way that, like, when 1989 was coming out and, like, Ariana Grande was a thing. I was going to say, she never, really talked about She never talked about, like, Ariana Grande, even though everyone was like, that's her competition, Mm -hmm. like... So that's that's very interesting to me. Very interesting. But yeah, they ask, like, what would you be if you weren't a singer? And she's like, I would be a cop. Like, can you believe that? I would be a cop. Crazy. Crazy. And she's like, yeah, I just, like, love, like, crime or something. Yeah, and it's so funny, too, because, like, okay, yeah, she loves, like, you know, CSI or, like, whatever, but, like, then I guess I feel like you say you want to be a detective. Like, it's just crazy I know. to be like, I want to be a cop. <laughs> I know. Just like a working girl. Like, I know. So weird. Yeah, it's, it's just really, it's just one of those gems from the early interviews that yeah. it's like. It's very situated you, you in time. You couldn't pay her millions to say that now. Oh my god, no. It's like so amazing. It's amazing. So, yeah, just let that, let that sink in. Let that sink in. Um... Yeah, so then the next year we get her first magazine interview. Mm. This is for Unrated Magazine. Uh, We've all heard of it. Yeah, (laughs) right. The most famous magazine there is. This I find just, like, amazing. So the interviewer asks, do you keep up with Drew and Corey? And her response is, no, I don't actually. Usually, like, after I write a song about somebody, I kind of get over it. If it's a heartbreak song or something like it, it usually helps me to get through it. And I've actually gotten a few missed calls from Mr. Teardrops on my (laughs) guitar. (laughs) And I'm not going back. Because he's still got a girlfriend. What am I going to say? That's probably the number one most awkward conversation ever. Oh my god. (laughs) Like this? That is so like if I can put this on the wall and frame it, like it's so <laughs> Mr. funny. Mr. She's like, all right, get the song name in there. Yeah, like literally. it's so funny, and also like okay. What I'll also say about just like her talking about Drew mm-hmm. is, it's just very I don't know. It's very confusing because like, okay, yes, obviously like in the song, like he has a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But then do you remember that thing we watched? This was a little while ago. We watched her do some, like, performance, I think promoting Red at, like, a college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Harvey Mudd VH1's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in that, she remember she has that part where she's, like, talking about, like, being on the phone with Drew, like, really late, and her mom mm-hmm. being, like, you yeah. can talk to Drew tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's just well, so Well, I was going to say, we also have the prom pictures of her going to prom with Drew. So, like, so what's did the they, No, what, did they date? Like, like what's the story? Like, did they date or yeah. not? Like, yeah. because when you think about the song and then you read this quote. Because don't you think, like, You Belong With Me is, like, also about, like, this situation? Mm, yeah. I mean, it definitely feels that way. I know. Like, what's the timeline? Like, what's so it's the just story? funny because it's, like, 
part of the time we're I've talking always about it, been confused about that. Like I've never gotten mm-hmm. because then there's also in fifteen her talking about like. And I remember when she was talking about the song 15, she was like, you know, and so I, like, left my high school boyfriend and, like, uh, to become a singer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but then this is acting like he, like, didn't Wasn't. date her. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's, yeah, it's, this is another thing where it's, like, it kind of depends on the day what, like, story she's telling. And, yeah, probably what song she's promoting. Right. So that's just, like, so funny and so interesting. Because, mm-hmm. like. I don't know. Like, what is he thinking? I don't know. And then the question about Corey is, like, I mean, I definitely think Corey's not a real person. Oh, interesting. From Stay Beautiful. I think she just picked a name. Mm, okay. Because there's just, there's no information on Corey. She doesn't address Corey. Mm-hmm. The only person she talks about being, like, a real person is Drew. Mm-hmm. And isn't there another name, too? Or is it just those two? Sam, 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 Sam. <laughs> oh, <laughs> In, yeah. um, should have said no. Yeah, but like so, we don't know. But like she know. never talks about that. Like yeah. I'm just like I mean, it's but a do you muddy think timeline. part of that is because these are like they're like real? Do you think like part of why it's so muddy is because it was like a real situation versus like these celebrity people where she just like makes up the narrative? Mm. Not that like makes up the narrative, but like she's very in control of the narrative. Controlled. Honestly, love that theory. Whereas like this. There was a real person, and, like, mm-hmm. who knows what happened. Mm-hmm. But so she's trying to make it into, like, whatever narrative fits with whatever song. Mm-hmm. But it's not totally clear because it was, like, real. Yeah. Honestly, I love that theory. Anyway. But, yeah, just another example of her just, like, straight up answering a question about these people. Like, yeah. versus, you know, if she's promoting Speak Now, and they're like, so John. Right. She would never be like, yes, the song is about him. Right. You know? Yeah. No, so true. Another just quick fun one after this, the following year, two thousand eight. Oh my god, there I'm was dead at no, this. I know there was briefly a pregnancy rumor associated back when with everybody her in, like, had Joe a pregnancy. Like no, exactly. everybody had a pregnancy. Like remember when like every other week Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber were pregnant, and it's like they're like seven. No, I know. Like, no, they're it's not crazy. Pregnant. It's crazy, and you know it was like some trash tabloid that was like yeah. doing it. It's yeah. like it's not real. But for whatever reason, she, like, responded to the rumors via Access Hollywood. Oh, my god! And she's like, I've done, like, nothing to provoke this. And, like, the rumor is impossible and dot, 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 impossible. She's <laughs> like, I'm a virgin. Like, literally. Yeah. Like, she literally goes on yeah. and on and is like, I've, like like, worked my whole life to, like, not have this happen. Like, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I would literally never be a pregnant teen. Or, like, whatever. So. But it's funny because that reminds me of her, like, buying the the domain names for, like, the porn sites. Mm -hmm. Like, she just, like. And it it's funny because now thinking of her as, like, a 30-something, like, it's just. You're just not thinking about it. But I it does make sense that, like, these young teens, like, there are these rumors. And, like, from mm-hmm. the beginning, like, she was so, mm-hmm. like, yeah, no. Yeah, because she's been very, like, yeah, protective of her, innocent. like, innocent American girl, like, Virgin. image. Yeah. the I mean, let's remember when she wears white in every single fucking music video. Yeah. And this was really, like, 
it also speaks to the moment in time because it was like this was I think if not the same time soon after like the Jamie Lynn Spears Mm -hmm. which definitely ushered in all of that stuff about like teen pregnancy and like I don't know like the Vanessa Hudgens photo I was gonna say and like like, things like that because it's like at this time like Selena Gomez is wearing a purity ring and like Mm -hmm. the Jonas Brothers and like they're all just like talking about it Mm -hmm. so it does make sense that because she was like a force at this time Mm -hmm. she was like semi part of that Mm -hmm. conversation it's also funny though but she's lucky that she didn't do like actually do like a purity run Mm -hmm. but i was gonna say too it's funny to think about a time where like she would even respond to such a ridiculous rumor Mm -hmm. because like now if like anyone (laughs) says anything like crazy right it's like she would just never not give adjust. it airtime. Like, yeah. Never yeah. yeah. Anyway, just want to throw that in. But but that's because she has the privilege of being so famous and so well known mm-hmm. and her brand so well known mm-hmm. that it's like if you hear like Taylor Swift hooked on crack cocaine, you're not like, could that be true? Right. But yeah. when she has one album out and no one knows who she is and she's dating Joe Jonas, mm-hmm. so people true. are like, oh, maybe she is pregnant, you know? And right. she's like, I have to respond. Yeah, so true. All right. Next one is the same interview as the famous mm-hmm. Joe Jonas stuff on Ellen. Mm-hmm. The iconic moment in history. The iconic <laughs> moment in history. But yeah, this was like she's on Ellen for like a super long time, like multiple like segments. Mm-hmm. And because she's promoting Fearless. And this is, I do remember like Ellen like brings out um, Allison mm-hmm. to be like, your friend, your best friend. Or Abigail. Sorry. Abigail. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, wait, that doesn't go right. Abigail. Abigail. A typo. A typo. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, she also randomly says, like, Justin Timberlake is her celebrity crush. Which is, like, so funny. Which, like, what? Because, like, what? So, and then Ellen. But again, like, it just, it's, she's, like, a woman of the moment. Because, she is. <laughs> because this is when he was, like, his most famous. Because mm-hmm. this was, like, Love sec, love sound, whatever that album mm-hmm. is. Yeah, yeah. What goes around comes around. Mm-hmm. Sexy back and all mm-hmm. those. So yeah, he was like the most famous like male mm-hmm. artist. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, he's like my crush. And then Ellen like gets him to come on. Which is like, hey. and like do a segment like as her crush. Like he literally like okay yeah so Taylor and Abigail are just like sitting there talking with Ellen. Mm-hmm. Ellen like casually... and like what is Abigail? No, what does I know. Abigail think about this? It's really funny because, like, I don't even think she, like, talks, like, the whole time. <laughs> like, she's just It's so like, funny, there. too, because Laura and I were talking about this because my sister lives in Nashville and saw Abigail at the gym. That's right. Um, and I remember us talking and we are like, how Abigail might be the only person in the world that is, like, just famous for being like a famous person's friend yeah like people like obviously not a lot of people know who abigail is but mm-hmm. like people know who Every, she is like true taylor fan like knows. absolutely knows who she is what she looks like mm-hmm. could pick her out of a crowd yes and that is crazy for someone who's mm-hmm. like literally never done anything but just like be her friend literally like can you think of anyone else like no. that no that is just such a crazy it's thing it's crazy and again, like, just that, like, Taylor made it so part of her brand mm-hmm. to be like, this is my best friend. Right. And, like, I I'm going to bring her on this interview. Where, like, Abigail was just, like, on tour with her. Like, oh, yeah. She just was, like, traveling around the world with her. Yeah. 
which is just fascinating. It's really weird. Like it's <laughs> I don't mean like weird like like it's fine and like I I get it and like I remember being a fan of Taylor at that time and being like that's so cool mm. and they're just like friends and whatever. But when you think about like like Abigail's perspective, like it's it's almost like you're like not even living your own life. Mm-hmm. Like you're just like kind of a sidekick to someone else's life. Mm-hmm. I know it is very interesting because it's like, like I feel like again it kind of just goes back to like the moment in time where it's like when you're that age, like you're already not a f- like fully formed mm-hmm. like person. So to just be like, oh my gosh, yeah, like my best friend's like doing this. Like, of course I'm mm-hmm. gonna go. Like, I mean, I would have done this. Oh yeah, no, a thousand percent. But it is funny because it's like, well, one, it's like, of course, not a thing that would like happen now, even though they are like still friends. But two, like, even imagine someone like, you know. Olivia Rodrigo or like Billie Eilish or whatever being like yeah I'm just like bringing my best friend mm-hmm. to like the Tonight Show mm-hmm. like it's such a it's such a strange thing because it's like not a thing that people do mm-hmm. and so it's just like interesting that it happened and that Abigail was so involved yeah and like it really again it does go back to I think like just promoing the song and the album because if she wasn't mentioned on 15. Right, she wouldn't be there. She wouldn't be there. Yeah. Even though she'd still, in theory, be Taylor's best friend. Well, and because it's so much about Taylor promoting her music by promoting her life. Mm-hmm. And by being like, like if she wasn't so like, I don't even know, like, this is my life. These are my friends. These are the boys I write about. These mm-hmm. are the everything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, Abigail wouldn't be so in the forefront. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's just so interesting. Because I'm trying to think, too, of, like, anyone that I can, like, compare this to in terms of just, like... Well, do you think it's different because now there's social media? So, like, if Olivia yeah. Rodrigo wants to post her best friend, like, she just posts... Like, Instagrams of yeah, her that's versus true. being, like, come with me on Ellen. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Like, there was no... I mean, I know Taylor Swift did, like, vlogs, but there right. was no other way to be, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. It was, like, a combo of, like, her selling her life as, like, her material mm-hmm. and not having a way to be, like... Like, this was the way she, like, acts, like connected with her fans or, like, mm-hmm. you know. But it must have been the weirdest experience for Abigail to be, like, you know, yeah, let me, like, come with Taylor on the Fearless Tour or whatever, you know, over the summer. And then have to be, like, okay, guess I'm going to go to college orientation mm-hmm. and, like, leave this whole crazy thing that your best friend is doing mm-hmm. that you've kind of been part of but not really. Right, not and for then, any reason And then you kind of have to go live your own life. Mm-hmm. Like, that must have been really weird. Yeah, I bet it was super weird. And then you're kind of, like, one foot in, one foot out because you're, like, 
you know, she went to like KU or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she's like living her life there, but also still friends with Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like it's honestly fascinating. It is fascinating. Like I get that like she can't because Taylor's just like too high profile, but I'd love for her to like do an interview. Like do an interview like. or like, you know, put out a memoir yeah. or something. Like yeah. just to be like because like obviously like you know she would have like commercial success like doing something like that mm-hmm. because people like us would fucking devour that yeah, shit yeah, yeah. but like you know she like never will because taylor no, is yeah, just way can't. too yeah. like lock and key like mm-hmm. about everything but it, what's also funny is thinking about her taking abigail on ellen obviously a different situation but it is interesting to compare like Abigail's involvement in Taylor's like press and media presence with like Carly and Taylor and like their friendship like in the media mm-hmm. because that too was very like I mean obviously it's different because they're both famous mm-hmm. but like very like okay now we're gonna do like the best friend test and like now we're mm-hmm. gonna be on Vogue cover together I know and how did Abigail and like honestly not great not great or maybe fine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was like, I, I don't want to be yeah. on the cover of book. I don't well, know. Well, and it's like, this This sounds like bitchier than I like mean it. But it does make you think about how it's like... And like, was it like cool for Abigail to like do these things and like meet these random celebrities? And like, yes. But at the same time, like, it's such a situation that like you see how it work like is beneficial to Taylor mm-hmm. but it's really not to Abigail no like the more you think about it it's like no. of course Taylor was like yeah I want my like best friend to come and just like do all this cool shit with me and like I don't want to be just alone with these random old men on my band in my band mm-hmm. so like come and like whatever of course like everyone would want that mm-hmm. but for Abigail it's really like again mm-hmm. i just can't get over like how weird it must have been, have been. Mm-hmm. yeah that's why we need a tell all that's why we need a tell i know give us a tell all abigail if you'd like to come on the pod yeah please we have <laughs> you know we'll be respectful <laughs> we'll we just be respectful. have questions it's true it's true <laughs> We'll be kind. <laughs> we'll be kind to you. But uh, give us what we need. Give to us what we need. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, a major detour, but I just also want to mention that Justin Timberlake, when he comes on Ellen, multiple times is like, Taylor has a, quote, beautiful voice. Like, no, she doesn't. Like, no, she doesn't at this time. And that's fine. That's fine. And, like, you were saying, like, that was not part of, like, her Her narrative. brand, yeah. So it's really funny that, like, he comes on and it's just, He wasn't like, trained. He wasn't trained and also, like... Because otherwise he would have been, like, you're song, right? No, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, like, he's, like, yeah, she just has such a beautiful voice. It's yeah. Like, what? It's, like... Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, that's hilarious. <sighs> All, All right. right. 2009. We're getting into the real magazines. Yeah. Teen Vogue cover. Yeah. There's a lot in this interview. Um, She talks about being bullied. She talks about acting. She talks about being friend-zoned. She talks about Britney Spears. (laughs) Like She's like, I'm always just like the best friend. Right. Like the girl. I mean, but again, that's very, that's very, um, 
like you belong with me teardrops on my guitar like mm-hmm. energy to mm-hmm. be like i was friend zoned by drew or well, did you, you know date what's drew? hilarious like, what is, is even though she's like the epitome of like the girl who ends up with the guy in the movie mm-hmm. like her life her whole everything she is there like she really plays the role of like I'm the one, I'm the girl next door that's mm-hmm. just, like, looked over. And mm-hmm. it's like, in what world? Well, it's also... You're, like, six feet tall, blonde, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. insanely talented. Like, right. in like, what world are mm-hmm. you, like... But again, yeah, she just leans into this, like, I'm awkward and weird. Mm-hmm. And, like, she kind of is. She, I think she is, but it's, like, I think, yeah, it's very much, like, and... To be honest, like, I don't even know how played up this is or how she really, or if this is really, like, how she feels. But, like, she she talks about, like, being bullied and being left out and, like, being, like, having no friends, like, growing up. And, like, I don't know if, like, she was just, like, internalized that so much that she's, like, yeah, this is, like, who I am. Even though, as we've also talked about, like, the story she actually tells about being bullied just sound kind of like what happens to literally every girl like in America. Like like yes, we've all been like left Left out of a sleepover here (laughs) and there. (laughs) Like I wouldn't say that we were all bullied, but like, you know right, you know. Right. Not to discount her. Right. Right, right, right. But Yeah. But I also think it's, like, it's just based on, like, whichever role she wants to play. Mm -hmm. Because I also think that, like, obviously when she's on stage or when she's whatever, she can very quickly turn on the, like, I am the star. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, owning this. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm beautiful. I'm. Mm -hmm. But then she can also very easily slip into the, like, yeah, I'm just, like, just like you. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like she can only have the, yes, I'm amazing, I'm the star, because she also has the, Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm actually very insecure and weird. Yeah. Like, which, you know, speaks to society's perception of women as a whole. It's true. She's like being Hannah Montana without the wig. Mm. Damn. She's both. She's both. She has the best of both. She has the best of both. Um, All right. So... Yeah. Then we get into, oh my gosh, dealing with your exes. Don't answer his emails, especially after a relationship is over. I'm a big fan of just cutting it off because Mm -hmm. I know myself. And I'm not the kind of person who can just be buddy-buddy with a guy after we break up, especially if it was a bad breakup. I'm not going to let it linger and drag on forever. And this is 2010, so this is, like, pre-Jake. Which is so fascinating because it's like, okay, but, like, you do let it drag on and linger forever. (laughs) This yeah. is this is Taylor and like Girls Joe, two thousand ten. She a thousand percent let it linger. She wrote like four albums about Joe Jonas. Yeah, but I don't think he was trying to come back. No, I think she just didn't get over it for a long time. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, like I just love this. I typically don't ever have a boyfriend on Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay, I see it as an opportunity to hang out with my other single girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well. true. Would you like to comment on this uh, being from New Jersey? Okay, yeah. So this is like a crazy interview. In 2012, she did an interview in Vogue 
And like I read this and I was like, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> so I'll just read the quote. Yeah. So like, you know, obviously this is not like a question answer interview. It's like a, you know, right. a full piece. We're familiar. So anyway, the writer is like, now in the car on our way to some dude's, some dude's studio, studio in Midtown. I tell her that I was just in Stone Harbor with my family having lunch and mention that Taylor Swift is sort of from there. I am totally from there, she says. That's where most of my childhood memories were formed. She goes on. When you say, I spent my summers at the Jersey Shore, people always say, oh really? They think of a TV show. So I just say, a cute little harbor town in New Jersey. As with her music, there is a sprinkling of fairy dust on Swift's childhood memories of Stone Harbor. Quote, we lived on this basin where all this magical stuff would happen. One time a dolphin swam into our basin. We had this family of otters that would live in our dock at night. We'd turn the light on and you'd see them, you know, hanging out, just being otters. And then one summer, there was a shark that washed up on our dock. I ended up writing a novel that summer because I wouldn't go into the water. I locked myself in the den and wrote a book. She stares at me wide-eyed. When I was 14, she laughs. Because of a shark. That is the craziest shit. Like, this is... This is what we're fucking talking about when we say Taylor is rich from the beginning. No, I know. She's She's like, like, I spent every summer just, like, two feet from the water. Yeah, yeah. In my family's, like, beach house. Right. Watching the otters come up. Like, bitch, what? Yeah. She's like, yeah, the same me who lived next to the Amish and the coal miners was just... Every July, watching otters and dolphins. Also, like, as we've talked about in her early interviews, like, if everything, she's like, you know, and then I just sat down and in five minutes wrote a hit song. (laughs) Because she's like, that's right, I wrote a whole book when I was 14. And it's like, (laughs) okay. Like, it's really funny. It's really funny. But what I also would like to say about, yes, this whole book situation. Yeah, this is, is so, now the second book. This is the second mention of the book. We had never heard about the book until we watched. No, you don't. This is a, definitely a different book. You think this is a different book? Yeah, because the first book, she was in, like, second grade or whatever. Oh, I thought. A Girl Named Girl? I think that's this book. A Girl Named Girl. Because when she was younger, she had, like, the poetry. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. And then I think it was the book. But what's so fascinating about this book is, like, okay, we'd never heard of this fucking book. No. Until we watched Taylor Swift, American Beauty. Stream it. Stream it. Love it. Love it. it. Um, Then I find this interview where she talks about the book. I think she mentions it in another interview that we'll get to later. Like, she's mentioned it a few times. She's like, I want this book out She has. And when you found all those trademarks. Yeah, she trademarked the title. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Uh, you know that? what? I bet she at one point like was gonna put it out. Mm-hmm. Like I bet like you know between Taylor Swift and Fearless coming mm-hmm. out or something, she was she like, was yeah, like, I release like, this book. Do this, and yeah. then like didn't. Because that was kind of the time where like oh yeah, like Hillary Miley Duff Cyrus had, wrote like, a, a book, book. And, and everyone like, everyone yeah. like had a book, right? And so yeah, she was like, I'm gonna I'll just like put it out. But that's why it's funny that like even in 2012. She's like, I'm, like, talking about this. Maybe she was still planning to publish. Maybe. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, okay, wait. So, 
Next, we have this 2013 Vanity Fair Mm -hmm. interview. Please talk to me about this Kanye stuff. Okay, so in this article, this is another just, like, crazy moment. In the article, they, he's, or she, I don't know, the interviewer is talking about being in Taylor's house. Mm-hmm. And the various pictures she has of like all her friends, like on this on the wall, and like mentions some of the celebrities, like Haley Williams and like you know Selena Gomez, whatever, in these pictures. And then it says she also had a framed photograph of that moment at the 2009 MTV Video Music Awards when Kanye interrupted her acceptance speech for Best Female Video. So like in her house. She has because she wants to like look at it and be like, I overcame this. I overcame this, or like, don't try to, yeah, don't try to fuck with me, like. But isn't that just like so weird? Yeah, but that makes sense to me. Yeah. Like it's crazy to be mm-hmm. like, to to know that it happens, but if anyone's gonna have it, mm-hmm. like, because she because it she wouldn't have a picture of something framed that she was like actually embarrassed by like mm-hmm. she wouldn't I know you can't because it was like a video but like she wouldn't have a framed picture of like the call with Kanye mm-hmm. and the receipts that mm-hmm. Kim like because that was like actually embarrassing to her like right you know whereas right. this just spun she could spin into the best narrative mm-hmm. where even President Obama is coming her to her right. defense right so like yeah well, it is kind of crazy because, yeah, like, it is, it is something that she did, like, mine in a good way, where, like, it did help with, like, you know, catapulting her career, like, even more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, of course she has a picture of it because she's, like, what it represents to her is, like, something way more than, like, what actually, like, happened, I mm-hmm. feel like. But yeah, it's just like crazy that that she like she, literally like, has does, a yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess she also talks about the Kennedys in this. Interview. Yeah, yeah. So this and this is after she dated Connor. Mm-hmm. But I do remember that, like, even after she dated him, she continued to talk about like. Loving Esther mm-hmm. and because just of being like the like, song, the song and, and just like yeah, being wanting to be in that discussion conversation. Right, which we were saying when we found this earlier is like also interesting to think about like post red like vault tracks mm-hmm. because she's like coming off of like being with Jake who was like you're just like trash and like not like high class like me right and then she's like all right well now i'm like in with the kennedys yeah like fucking deal with that (laughs) which you know i love yeah it's Um, so funny she also says in this interview songwriting's the final stage of me finally learning a lesson which i think is interesting especially just in terms of like you know, folklore evermore and how she's, like, kind of, like, still been writing about, like, her downfall and just, like, Mm -hmm. everything, like, you know, she's really just, like... She definitely uses it to process Mm -hmm. things at every stage. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Rolling Stone 2014 
perhaps the first time she's publicly discussed drinking. Mm-hmm. Give us the quote. When I first started drinking, I used to cry about Joni Mitchell all the time after a few glasses of wine. You know what's funny about this mm-hmm. is that because remember we also saw the thing where she was announced as being cast as Joni mm-hmm. Mitchell in that movie. Mm-hmm. And then Joni Mitchell like commented like, I don't like Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want her to play me. Like, criticize her voice, right? Criticize her voice, yeah. Like, said something about, like, yes, we kind of look alike, which, like, fuck, they don't. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, basically, like, she's not a good singer. Yeah, she was like, um, what are they going to do about, like, her voice or whatever. But it's interesting because, you know, despite that, which obviously Taylor heard about, like, yeah. she's still been very publicly, like, into Joni Mitchell, mm-hmm. which is funny. And, like, there's... Yeah, there's, like, the song on Red about Joni Mitchell and, like, just – and makes sense just, like, as a very iconic, like, songwriter woman. Um, Do you think that this quote, when she says she used to cry about Joni Mitchell, she means because of what she said? No. (laughs) I wish. No. But, yeah, just, like, a hilarious thing because she, like, never talks about drinking and then she's, like – when I do drink, I just, like, get emotional. That's on Reddit. And even this, too. 2014 is still, like... Oh, yeah. She's, like, what? Like, 25, 24? Right. But then it's still, like, years before, like, reputation when she's yeah. really, like, yes, I'm drinking. Right. So, like, I don't know. I feel like some of these people just, like, catch her on a day and she just, like, lets loose. Yeah. She's, like, no, I'll talk to you about drinking. Yeah. And then her publicist is, like... Okay, but Taylor. like, yeah. you have to wait two more albums before you talk but about it. But I also again. think it's it's almost, I do wonder if part of it is like testing the waters. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like before I put it in a song, I'll like mention that I drink in this article. And if people freak out, I'll just pretend it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, mm-hmm. that like gets yeah. the, do- the ball rolling. Like, mm-hmm. because I do think that it was like a little bit of like, it's a little bit of trying to be like, I'm mature like even like how on red there's tiny little hints of like sex mm-hmm. before obviously dress on reputation like right it's like hinting it to like see the reaction mm-hmm. and i think when people weren't like our innocent girl has gone bad mm-hmm. she's like mm-hmm. oh okay like this opens the door for, for it yeah kind of like honestly not dissimilar to us talking about how like she drops hints for what the next musical era will be Mm -hmm. in her music videos before the era. Like, I do think she, it's almost like a focus group, like, Mm -hmm. she's like, I will just, like, test these things Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting, yeah, because I feel like it's... Or even, like, the line in Welcome to New York, the kind of gay line, before the, like, Mm -hmm. gay song. Like, it's Mm -hmm. little things, because she's like, if they don't go well... She can be like, that wasn't, she'll either not acknowledge it or be like, that wasn't the line. It was just Mm -hmm. about boys and girls in New York. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, it's so interesting, too, because it's like, she's definitely someone who, you know, didn't do the kind of classic, like, Disney move of like, okay, now I'm an adult, so now I'm doing Right. It's like, Like, it was very, very subtle, very gradual, which obviously, like, so much else worked very much to her advantage in Mm -hmm. terms of like the longevity of her career Mm -hmm. but like by the time she did reputation like no one was like oh my god like taylor swift's gone bad no she was like 29 right like everyone was just like 
Okay, cool. Yeah, like, all right. Fun new era. Right, you know, right. Like, it yeah. wasn't like if she had tried to do something like that. Right. Even at, at like twenty three. Like even if she was over the mm-hmm. drinking age or whatever, yeah. it still would have been like it would have been like more of a statement. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. It's like with all of her eras, like even though they are very distinct and that they're like a conscious choice that she's making to do something different, it's still still it's still so connected to her other eras and her old self mm-hmm. that it's you it doesn't feel completely like even when she made like the biggest change in 1989 to like do pop there's this other interview that we watched where she's still talking about like you know I just wanted like people to know that like even though the sound is different my songwriting is the same mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she's like yes it's a new thing but I'm still me Mm-hmm. versus being like I'm a completely different thing yeah like, so true so true so that's interesting it is interesting so in 2014 time magazine like I don't know if she was like person of the year or what but they mm. did like a cover you know issue of her called the power of Taylor Swift um an interesting thing in this is like they talk about working on red and how she like started to you know get into the pop like space with some of these songs and actually scott bruschetta is like quoted in this and he says the song was brilliant they're talking about the song red great melody but i told them that the way it was recorded the production just doesn't match the song it needs a pop sound Mm. which i just find hilarious because i feel like at least the narrative Taylor pushes is that he was like very against her like going pop. So it's funny that like in this he's like, no, I said it like needed a pop sound. Mm. Because she talks about how she had to like fight them to have the pop songs on red. She had to fight to have like the full pop album with 1989. Yeah. And like there was so much resistance. Well, okay, but I think she's talking. Yes, but I think that part of what she says is like I think they were down for her sounding pop, but they wanted to label it country. Mm. So I, because there's, there's, you know, how we found like the original version of the song Sparks Fly, Mm -hmm. and it's very country sounding. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, you know, when we decided to put it on like Speak Now, like my label thought like to take out the banjo. Mm. And like, so I think it's this because I think they, as like moneymaker people, knew the money was in pop and knew mm, like I see and like wanted her to be both. Mm-hmm. I think they just didn't want her to like limit herself by being in too much of one genre. I see, but it's still it's still interesting because yes, I would say that like her narrative is like they wanted me country, I wanted pop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I I bet it was more like nuanced yeah that makes sense another interesting quote of taylor's in this um piece is my mom named me taylor because she thought that i would probably end up in a corporate business my parents are both finance people and she didn't want any kind of executive boss manager to see if i was a boy or a girl if they got my resume that's crazy i know but again, like, the fucking business mind of these people. <laughs> yeah. They're, like, literally in naming our daughter. We want to make sure that, like, she can make it in finance. 
Yeah, that's... So, sit with that. It's crazy. Business-minded from the beginning. Oh, yeah, okay. So, GQ 2015, still talking about a girl yeah, named Girl. Like, it's so crazy. She's like, I wrote a non-autobiographical novel titled Girl Named Girl. My parents still have it. I ask her what it was about, like the interview says that, assuming she will laugh, but her memory of the plot is remarkably detailed. It's about a mother who wants a son, but instead has a girl. Okay, well, thinking about the above quote, yeah. stressful. Kind of crazy, right? And she, the fact that she's like, it's not autobiographical. It's like, what is it though? Yeah. That's interesting too, because that makes me think just even about all the stuff with her parents in Miss Americana, the documentary, talking about, like, wanting to come out for women's rights. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if, I mean, her parents are definitely Republican and, like, kind of conservative. And, like, Mm -hmm. I wonder if they're just, like, kind of, I don't know. And just all the early stuff about her being, like, I'm not a feminist. Yeah. Like, it just makes you think. Yeah. Yeah. It does. This also is the the interview, the GQ interview where she like tries to pretend that bad blood is about an ex-boyfriend which is hilarious which is because everyone starts to think that it's about Katy Perry and she's like no and again yeah this just fucking like she'll she's like no like I'll just like tell you it's about an ex and it's like for any other song she's like it's private right (laughs) but yeah she's like no this one's not like it's amazing so funny um, yeah, so, you know, when we were doing our research, we really got into, you know, this, this 2015-2016, as we've discussed many times before, very dark time for Taylor. Mm-hmm. She's really dealing with, like, the breakup from Calvin, just, like, the overexposure of 1989, starting to deal with some criticism, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, part of that comes with the, the real culmination of this moment, I feel, is the Met Gala. Mm-hmm. where she dyes her hair like bleach blonde mm-hmm. and the Grammys are like a month before that and around this time she's on the cover of Vogue and she does like the 73 questions and if you want to see Taylor very bitter and depressed watch this interview the 73 questions the 73 questions yeah. she talks about being basically anorexic yeah she like talks about I don't even know what. Like, just a lot. She seems really down. She seems really, like, Like bitter. bitter. I mean, one thing that's, like, I mean, there's so many, like, moments in this that are fascinating to me. But one is when he says, like, what advice will you give someone in the music industry? And she says, get a good lawyer. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, before the master's sale. And you know it's, it's, like, coming. Like, of course, like, she knows that it's, like coming and like she's dealing with a lot of like business stuff this was around the stuff of like apple music mm -hmm. like there's just a lot going on but kind of the most notable quote is like the interviewer asks if you could like give advice to your 19 year old self Mm -hmm. a very typical question that she's been asked many times Mm -hmm. you know and she'd probably be like don't give up on your dreams or whatever but she says if i could talk to myself at 19 i'd say you're gonna date around like a normal 20 something should but you're gonna be made a national lightning rod for slut shaming end of quote the interviewer then just goes on to the next question like he's like i'm not even touching that because it's so intense it has nothing to do with the question. It's just really, like, yikes. Like, this, see, the thing is about this 73 questions is, like, to me, this is Taylor's darkest hour. 
Yeah. Like, it's not a year or two later when the Kanye stuff happens. It's not, like... No. Like, this no. is the dark point for her. Yeah. She's still supposedly dating Calvin during this, because, like, she mentions how he, like... Right. That but, yeah, movie. she's just very... But she is, like, clearly Well, depressed. and there's that part about, like, what's one thing, like, you never live without or something, and she's, like, my insecurities... Yeah, like, like, what was going on? Yeah. Like, it's just, like, so stressful. But this is, it's literally, like, the week before that Grammy performance that she, like, cries after. Wait, what performance? She performs out of the woods at the Grammys, and she went oh, with Selena yeah. Gomez, and then there's, like, that footage of her, like, B-roll footage of her with Selena, and you can read her lips, and she's, like, really upset about her performance, mm. and, like, talking to Selena about her performance, and Selena's like, it's okay, like... Even though, like... No, it was totally fine. Yeah, I don't know. But it's, like, that's when she wins album of the year, so it's, mm. like, the Kanye set. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's, like, all, like, about And literally the first question in 72 Questions is, like, what have you been up to? And she She's, like, working out and getting ready for the Grammys. Yeah. Like, it's just really really stressful. stressful. Like, she just seems really not good. And, Mm -hmm. like, she's trying to kind of put on her, like, peppy Taylor face. But it's just not. I mean, honestly, like, watching that video, it's, like, it doesn't feel like her. No, it feels like someone who's, like, really upset. Like, it just, everything about, like, her energy and her vibe is so not... Yeah, she Taylor. she wasn't in a good space. She was in she was in a low space. Yeah. But it's interesting too because then so she like you said she does the seventy three questions. Then there's the Vogue cover with the bleached hair. At the time of that doing that interview again, like she was still with Calvin, mm. and she says, which I found this to be a crazy quote about Calvin. She says. I'm in a magical relationship right now, and of course I want it to be ours and low-key. This is the one thing that's been mine about my personal life. Which I just think is so interesting. Yeah. To be like, yeah, I'm in this, like, amazing relationship. Literally, like, by the time this hit the stands, I think they were broken up. Yeah. But let's remember, this was by far her longest relationship mm -hmm. at that point. Because they dated for a year. Yeah. And, like, she'd only dated anyone for, like, a month. Yeah. Yeah. So I honestly think that, like, she just was so into that idea. Mm-hmm. And, like, remember she wins that award at, like, whatever award show and she, in her speech, she's like, this tour meant the most to me because I had, like, someone to come home mm-hmm. to, like, Adam, I love yeah. you, or whatever. Like, I just think that she was very desperate, not desperate in, like, a... She just really wanted Mm -hmm. that in her life, and this was, like, the closest she got to it. So I think, like, she didn't know there was going to be a Joel. Right, right. So she's like, yeah, it's, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I also wouldn't be surprised if, like, a lot of the shit that he did was very just, like, shady, and she Mm -hmm. found out about it later. Mm Mm-hmm. True. Like, I don't know that the whole time she was like, yeah, he's just, like, cheating on me and sucks. Yeah. I mean, she definitely had learned some things. The day of the 73 questions video. I'll yes, yeah. But I agree with you. Okay, would you like to say the hair quote? Yes, so for Elle magazine, she wrote this, like, 30 things I learned before turning 30. And I feel the most notable thing is when she says she learned that your hair can change texture. Mm, amen. And, like, this again, it just goes back to, like, her, her idea that you can just, like... 
Things don't like, happen. Disregard if... <laughs> yeah. like the whole entire path. <laughs> She's like, no, I didn't start straightening my hair. It just started doing that. And like, no, when it was crazy curly, like that was just like natural. That was natural. Yeah, it's like so. Funny. I love it. That's so funny. I love it. And then yeah, the Entertainment Weekly cover that she did in 2019 is really when she starts leaning into like calling all the secret things she like clues she does easter eggs Mm -hmm. she has all the pins on that jacket which like had a lot of easter eggs she talks yeah she talks about like stuff that then months later people are like oh she was like hinting at stuff Mm -hmm. like this is really when she starts leaning into doing easter eggs in like literally everything she does Mm -hmm. which coincides with her being way more selective about the kind of media she does yes like she's simultaneously adding all these easter eggs but she's also doing way less media Mm -hmm. so it's like Mm -hmm. every interview she does is very intentional yeah and so yeah there's a portion of like you know she does the cover but then she also does this video that's like literally just her talking about easter eggs Mm -hmm. and in this interview similar to what she said um recently on seth myers or fallon whichever one when she was like yeah like is three years like too much in advance like in this one she says like can i can I tease something like two years ahead of time? Like, Mm -hmm. which I'm just like obsessed with. And then she also is like, so what's like hilarious about this video is she like goes through like her favorite ways to like do Easter eggs. Mm. And she's like, one of my favorite ways is through clothing and jewelry, which I find fascinating, especially with, how it connects with various gay theories, i.e. her Victoria's Secret angel ring, the pride jewelry she wears in the You Need to Calm Down video. Like, and then also what's crazy is when she says that, she's like, hopefully they'll, like, put in some examples of me doing this, you know, and then they, like, show pictures, like, in the video, and they show, like, I guess, like, she made an Instagram before announcing Red of her in, like, red shoes, like, in the studio. And, like, there's one of her, like, pre... Like, when she's, like, just starting to tease, like, the lover era in, like, you know, butterfly shoes or whatever. And then there's a picture of her just, like, in a t-shirt with a rainbow and a unicorn on it. Mm. And I'm like, what is this Easter egg for? You need to calm down. Yeah. Or just being gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The, okay. Rolling Stone 2019. I hate this This is This this is like one one of of the worst things. This is one of the worst things she's ever said. And so just to situate us in time, (sighs) this is the Rolling Stone cover that came out after Lover had come out and after the Masters sales. Mm-hmm. So it really is like a hard cut from like Entertainment Weekly 2019, mm-hmm. where she's just like, "There's like you know pink in my hair and like right. Lover, I'm over reputation. Yeah, like now, now it's like pastel colors everywhere. Right. Then we cut to the Rolling Stone interview, which is pretty intense because like it talks about the Master sale, it talks about like you know that sort of darkness, whatever. But yeah, it also has what's truly the worst quote of all time yeah would you like to read it no okay i'll read it she says quote i've never been to therapy i talk to my mom a lot because she's the one who's seen everything i used to have bad days where we would be on the phone for hours 
I'd write something that I wanted to say, and instead of posting it, I'd read it to her. I mean, glad that she did that and didn't post. Yeah, because that would have just, like, ruined Because that would have been so bad. But, yeah, like, so, you know, this, this quote, what, what gets to me is that it's like, okay, you clearly have, you know, your prejudices, your hang-ups about therapy and what you think it means or what you think it says about you if you were to admit it. Despite many celebrities being very, like, pro-mental health mm-hmm. and, like, it, mm-hmm. it not hurting their careers, if anything, helping their careers, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm, like, even if you feel that way, like, you don't need to say it. Yeah, because it's really fun. It's really damaging. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it is. Because this, like, she has so many fans that look up to her and just being, like, no. Like, even me, who's been through so much shit and obviously would benefit from therapy. Like, I would never. I would never do it. Yeah. It's just, like, so... It's, it's really annoying. It's damaging. It's it annoying. Is. It's... And just, like, very... To me, just, like, very unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like, it just feels like something where... where, And, like... It's just... It, because this is... Pe- people always say this. Like, when they're, like, oh, do you go to therapy or why don't you go to therapy? It's, like, oh, because I have fill-in-the-blank. Mom, boyfriend, friend, mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Who can listen to me for hours. And it's, like, that's great. But that's not the same thing. <laughs> right. No, exactly. Like, talking to your mom talking all day your... is therapeutic in its own way. Right, of but course. But it's not talking to a professional about the issues that you're dealing with. Yeah. So, I just, that's... It's, it was a very disappointing quote. Especially it's a disappointing quote. Especially to have been quote. from 2019. Exactly. I'm like, okay, you said this in 2008. Like, fine. Like, right. you know. But, yeah, it just feels like... But again, like, on some of this stuff, like, she is late to the party. Yeah. Like, you know, it took her till 2019 to say that gay people were okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, right. it's, she, she's just not, it's that, like, conservative whatever mm-hmm. that is in the background. Yeah, for sure. You know, clearly her parents are not people who are, like, pro-therapy. Right. And she's just not gonna come out for something until like in 10 years I bet you a million dollars she'll be like yeah I've actually like started going to therapy and it's like been really helpful Mm -hmm. but it's it's, no shit shit, but like you know so So, anyway people of the year 2019 yeah people of the year 2019 not so much like of note in this, what I honestly find most interesting is that she is styled in a very, like, red era look Mm. on the cover of this. Um, And it's interesting, too, because she's basically talking about, like, how this has been, like, a great, like, year for you, for her. She says, the year I found true joy, I've learned, leaned into who I really am. Which is just... I guess, like, just part of, like, again, the lover promo, but, like, when I saw this cover, I was like, oh, this is from, like, 2012. Yeah, it's you very know, like looking. Like, it's so, like, red that, like, mm-hmm. it's just interesting. Yeah. And I think it's funny, too, that, like, like, I feel like we don't, or at least I don't think about it because, like, to me, the lover era was so, like, 
short. Mm -hmm. But, like, she really was doing, like, a lot of press for it. She was. Which is just kind of funny. I think partly because she didn't do any for reputation, she was Mm -hmm. really feeling that loss. Because I do think that, like, especially when she gets to obviously be in control of it, I think she really likes doing press. Mm. I mean, I think she loves to, like, I don't even say this as, like, shade, but to, like, sit around and, like, talk about how, like, smart she is mm-hmm. and yeah, she her, pro- her project. Like, she does. And, like, especially, yeah, when she can really, like, control the narrative. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of, like, how we laugh and say, like, she talks about how she didn't do any promo for Reputation, but, like, she actually did because she can't help herself. Mm-hmm. But she did less than usual, and I think she was feeling that loss. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, I will go hard for Lover. That's true. And she was trying so hard to make Lover, like, a commercial, commercial success. Commercial success because it was, like, her first not with Big Machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's But then that. it's funny, too, to think about, like, obviously Folklore and Evermore, like, the press that she did was, like, the least of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet, obviously, much more successful than Lover or Reputation. Yeah. Um, And she seems more, it seems like she's more content with that. I mean, it also might just be the nature of the pandemic Mm -hmm. combined with, like, the surprise elements of the albums, but, like... And just, like, the the themes of the albums being, like, much more mm low-key, much more, like stripped back Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah yeah so you know to to kind of finish us off we have um an interview that she did also for lover she obviously did some promo for folklore and evermore and the re-recordings but pretty pretty limited and pretty like again focused on those the kind of like talking about the masters, talking about re-recording, whatever. And I think mm-hmm. this interview from the Lover era is interesting because it's like right after all has come out about Scooter Braun buying her masters. Mm-hmm. And she's she's talking in the interview and she's like really spelling it out. The interviewer asks about like, like asks like, so when did you find out about your masters being sold? And like, whatever and she's talking about conversations that she's had with Scott Borchetta and she's like we had endless conversations about Scooter Braun and he had 300 million reasons to conveniently forget them mm-hmm. you know talking about how much Scooter Braun paid for her masters yeah so just like yeah the fact that she you know honestly hearkening back to those early interviews where she's like I will just say mm-hmm. exactly what happened obviously not in a romantic way, but, like, in this business way. And it being so different than the press she's done for the last few albums where she's much more, like, you know, not saying things how they are, kind of, like, sneakily saying things Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And in this, she's like, no, like, here's the situation. Here's how I was fucked over. Yeah. And then she has this quote that I live for, which is, people go on and on about how you have to forgive and forget to move on from something. No, you don't. You don't have to forgive and you don't have to forget to move on. You can move on without any of those things happening. Love so it. one, I love this because both Laura and I live our lives this way. Yeah. I will say. <laughs> True. <laughs> um I personally don't forgive and forget. I don't really no I need. don't really believe in it. No Great need. for you if you do, but as Tana said, you can move on without those things and happening. I, and and I agree with that. And I mm-hmm. I enjoy how 
like it's such a fun one for us to end on because again Mm -hmm. it's so similar to her early ones I think Mm -hmm. which is like her being like no like this person this situation whatever like fucked me over Mm -hmm. I'm mad about it I'm gonna say it Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah yeah it's amazing live your life and I feel like again too like this does really set up like what comes after Lover because Lover was an album that like even though it wasn't with Big Machine and like even though you know she knew at that time this is the first album I'm gonna own like the sale to Scooter hadn't happened Mm -hmm. and so like it all became very real I think for her like as she was doing promo for Lover. Yeah. And that's why it's not till, like, Folklore and Evermore that, like, we get these songs that are, mm-hmm. like, deeply depressed over the situation, deeply angry over the situation. Like, right. And so, yeah, this interview quote is, like, honestly just, like, a nice, like, segue into mm-hmm. that, like, space of, like, these albums that are, like, all about that, like, devastation and, like, that yeah. rage and literally just, like, shitting on, like... Scott and Scooter like track after track. Yeah, and it's amazing. And we love it. So, yeah, as you know, as we continue to watch Taylor's career, we are excited for how she continues to, you know, tease things in her mm-hmm. interviews, mm-hmm. you know, create different narratives, different eras. I know, and like to see how she's going to spin the re recordings in the future. It's how she's going to do press for those because it's mm-hmm. just ever changing with our girl. It is. It is. So, you know, thank you for joining us. More to come. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.